Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Pick and Roll Podcast. Today I got a good one for you guys. So it's going to be another week of those in-game full game breakdowns. Got a really good week this week for you guys. So I got Duke versus Wake Forest coming up. And that's going to be one of the five games that's breaking down. Hunter Silas is somebody that has risen on draft boards. You can find him on second round of some mocks out there. So, you know, I thought we'd watch him. Andrew Carr is somebody as well. That's an interesting guy. He's a 6'10 power forward. And then you obviously got Tyrese Proctor, Marsh Mitchell, Kyle Filipowski, Jeremy McCain, that whole crew for Duke. And then we got Illinois versus Michigan. Terrence Shannon, Coleman Hawkins, Olivia Nakamura, Terrence Williams as well from Michigan. We get to see Terrence Shannon back. One of his, the first game we've scouted since the domestic violence charge that hasn't gone to court yet, but you know, he's been charged with it, but it just hasn't, there hasn't been an official decision on what actually happened yet in the court. So it's the first game breaking him down since that in fairy unique situation the next game is baylor versus oklahoma you got jacoby walter jalen bridges yavis missy and jalen moore from oklahoma a really good game to break down then we had colorado versus ucla so yeah cody williams and tristan da silva and then we had andy mara adam bona some really good guys there really fun game to watch definitely was really interesting and then we went ahead and did UConn versus Marquette these two are really good good college basketball teams as well so UConn has Stefan Castle Donovan Klingon and Marquette has Tyler Kokek and Oso Ikebaro so those are really big games that we broke down so it's gonna be a really big week and really fun you guys are gonna want to continue to listen and so we're gonna go ahead and kick it off with Duke versus Wake Forest so, you know, in this game, Kyle Filipowski is, I'll go ahead and break him, break down him, down him first. He's a seven footer from Duke, say, sophomore, averaging 17 a game, 8.3 rebounds, 2.7 assists, 1.7 blocks, 49% field goal percentage, 65% free throw percentage, and 34% three point percentage. So, you know, when it comes down to Kyle Filipowski, man, his ability to handle the ball and be a good passer and hit guys on the perimeter and hit three-point shooters and be a really great post player, have great post work, be really solid in the pick and roll, all those things offensively, handling, being able to score one-on-one, bringing the ball up the floor. Like Kyle Filipowski does a lot of things. And in this game, he continued to do them. And you can also hit a standstill three-point shot, 34.5%, three-point percentage is pretty solid. So, you know, this guy is flown up my draft board from, you know, 
late twenties to right now he's number six. He's stayed exactly there, number six on my big board and graded as an eight through ten draft pick because of the things that I talked about in previous podcasts. Alprin Sangoon's success story makes him more valuable because he can pass like Sangoon. He's got great post footwork like Sangoon. He might not be as strong, but he's two inches taller than Sangoon. You know, they're both sl- I call them average or a below average NBA athletes, but their Sangoon's extremely successful in the NBA because of skill, passing, being initiator of offenses, really efficient offense, uh, you know, all those things paired into one. And Kyle Filipowski checks a lot of those boxes that Alperin Sangoon's checks. So, you know, he's really flown up the big board. Uh, you know, he's improving every game defensively. I call him even average defender now, which is a big growth because last year I called him an abysmal defender. Last year, his freshman year, he was terrible defensively. He's really grown a lot. He defends the rim better than he used to. He definitely moves uh, in the pick and roll and when he's guarding guards a lot better than he used to as well. So he's definitely an improving guy and it's really interesting to keep watching play. The jump he made from freshman year, sophomore year was incredible and i'm really excited to see what he's gonna look like in the nba and what kind of team drafts him and for the other guy from duke is tyrese proxer tyrese proxer is six foot five he's averaging 10 points per game 3.5 assists 1.7 assists 0.7 steals 43 percent field goal percentage 76 percent free throw percentage and 35 percent three point percentage so you know another game of as a 6-5 guy he's definitely a very good defender on ball but it's another game of the just non-aggressive attacking to the rim tyrese proctor it's infuriating he has such great upside because of his guess i mean 6-5 point guard is what dmba wants they love tall point guards so much right and he's a good enough passer to be a point guard i call him an average point guard passer and you know he's good on ball defensively and you would think that he would use those gifts to go downhill right but he just doesn't but his upside is too high because he still has those gifts and you know the other parts of his game are so good that if a right coach can unlock his ability to attack the rim he could really have a really high ceiling in the nba as a starting player okay so that is it for Duke. Really quickly, Jared McCain is getting better throughout the season. He's a 6'2", two guard, though, so um, I personally don't think he's ready for this NBA draft, even though he's made good growth in this college basketball-wise. So I personally still don't view him as an NBA draft prospect. I'll just touch on that really quickly. All right, let's go ahead and kick it to Wake Forest. So Wake Forest has Hunter Silas. Hunter Silas is, let me get the official height here, six foot five, averages 18.4 points per game off of four rebounds, 2.4 assists, 49% field goal percentage, and 40% three-point percentage. So, you know, Hunter Silas has got some, he's a slimmer build. I call him an average athlete. He has some shot creation abilities, but it's the best way to put this. It's very average skill-wise in the sense of, yes, he can shot create some, but his ability and his moves and his separation he gets on the shots and the quality of those moves and the quality of the shot creation and the below average averageness of defensively puts us, I, I personally, if I had to put a grade on him, I'd be like 65 through 70. He's one of those guys where it's like, man, if if this was like three rounds, yes, right? 
He'll make a he'll make a G League team. He'll make the summer league team. I, I just don't see him as an NBA draft worthy prospect because the upside of the shot creation is not really there, and I don't really believe that his shot creation that he does at Wake Forest, which is based more on a situational need for them him, him to score since they don't have anybody else that can shot create off the dribble than based on him just being an incredible shot creator. So when you put those things together, I just don't think his skill is enough to garner a draft pick. And, you know, I don't think the upside's enough to garner a draft pick. And even though he can shoot the three really well, can he ever really defend? He's not going to be an elite defender. So it's it's a tough, just barely missed on my draft viewpoint on him. It's a tough scout. He's interesting. There's some intrigue. But overall, it's just the, the game itself is not overly impressive. Okay, sounds good. I'm going to go ahead and break down Andrew Carr. So Andrew Carr is six foot ten. He score averages 13.6 points per game, 6.9 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 52% field goal percentage, and 38% three percentage. So, you know, this guy's a, an ideal stretch four, right? So you can shoot the three, six foot ten. He's a below average defender. You know, that's where it's tough for him because I would grade him the same as Hunter Silas just outside the NBA draft range where his hips are a little tight, where he has issues moving laterally and switching hips and guards and other players that are quicker can expose how tight hipped he is. So, you know, I, I could see him being somebody that gets drafted like 56 through 60, depending on need. And, you know, somebody believing him as a potential stretch four, but really interesting guy. But right now he is great as 65 through 70 for me. All right, let's go ahead and kick it to that next game. The next game up is Illinois versus Michigan. So we got Terrence Shannon. Let's go ahead and talk about it first. He's 6'6", two guard from Illinois, uh, averaging 21.4 points per game, 2.4 assists, 1.2 blocks. 47% field goal percentage, 34% three-point percentage. So, you know, Terrence Shannon, um, the off-the-court stuff aside first, let's just give you guys a refresh of what he is. You know, I would like to say that he looked a little slower today coming off of the obvious time off that he had due to, you know, the court case. Um, so, you know, Terrence Shannon, 6'6", can really get to the rim attack. He's a pretty good standstill shooter. He's got a lot of shot creation ability. He's got, you know, the ability to run a pick and roll. His passers in the three-point on the perimeter really well. He makes good passes for the two, the shooting guard position. Really good pull-up mid-range shots. The ability to break somebody off the dribble and take really tough contested shots. Pull-up shots. The ability to finish at the rim very elitely. Good athletic gifts. Strong, athletic, fast, quick. All of those type of things really good defender really good on ball switch abilities really great for him he's an elite prospect he's an elite prospect that i've had two to five for a very long time uh great on him two to three i think actually do i have a two to three two to three pick and draft great yes Mm -hmm. and when you talk about terrence shannon you know the thing that is tough is the off the court stuff because obviously the domestic violence case or um I forget what the title, exact title was for that, but, you know, that issue is 
gonna really make it tough for him draft wise because before that I could have seen him as like top five, top ten pick easy in this weak draft class. But you know, it's gonna come be all dependent on one, what is the result of the case. But let's just assume that he's found innocent. Like there's gonna be because he put still put him in the situation himself in the situation where he could be accused of something like this. So he's gonna be a huge character red flag they're gonna have huge red flags about him and it's gonna be dependent on what they find out i'm sure there's a bunch of private investigators you know gonna giving these nba teams information about the situation about who is he as a person they're gonna really sit down and talk with him in interviews and at the combine and things of that nature and he's gonna get grilled grilled with questions it's gonna be really tough it's really tough for him it's different than the brandon miller thing because brandon miller was just kind of there in a situation like that but to be the man that's doing something like that it's it's something that i've never seen in a while i can't think i can't think of anything other than the kobe bryant thing but that wasn't a guy coming into the nba draft and the tough thing is for him is when you're coming into the NBA draft, it's it's so tough because the character flaws, the character issues, and those kind of questions and answers we just don't have. We just don't have answers to those questions. And he could be anywhere from, I, I even though I think his talent is top five worthy, easy, even if everything goes smoothly, I don't see him a top 10 pick. I, 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 I could... He, I just couldn't see it. I could not see a team taking that much of a risk of them, even if they love them, just because of the issue. So you add all that together. I, If I had to put a range on it, I'd put 15 to undrafted. Taron Shannon could get drafted him anywhere from 15 to not be drafted. It's a really wide range. You know, it sucks for him that he's a senior and he has to come out and come out this year. And, you know, he couldn't like play through it and have a season for this to blow over a little bit more if he is proven innocent and it's it's just a really tough unique situation one of one you know somebody that's similar to this even though it wasn't obviously a similar situation but you know Gigi Jackson for example last year I was high on him I mean if you watch him play in Memphis right now he's having a really good really good year for Memphis at, at this moment in time he's got a lot of talent but you know he fell in the draft because of red flag personal issues he fell from you know lottery pick to 45th pick in the draft so you know if if personal issues can affect that much well then let's be realistic about how Terrence Shannon could be affected we could see somebody averaging 21 and two assists a game in college off of really good shooting splits go undrafted uh, which would be insane most years but Terrence Shannon is just in such of a unique situation with no precedent there is no precedent for this there's and you know we live in an era with the internet and all those type of things and even if he's found innocent and he gets drafted by a team there's going to be backlash there's going to be public backlash for those decisions so it's a tough situation you know i feel bad for him but you know it's it's really tough really really tough yeah so yeah, that's Terrence Shannon breakdown. Next, let's go ahead and touch on Coleman Hawkins. Uh, he's six foot ten. He's averaging twelve point four points per game, off of two point eight assists, one point one blocks, forty four percent field goal percentage, eighty three percent free throw percentage, and thirty eight percent three point percentage. So you know this guy is really, really extremely thin. 
that's a real issue defensively. His thinness can be exposed very easily. Uh, he's a really solid standstill shooter. His thinness also gets some issues finishing around the rim. It's a pretty good passer for his size, though. You know what I mean? So his passing plus standstill shooting plus 6'10 length, and even though he's a really thin guy, he moves pretty well. Maybe average, above average NBA athlete. That's the way our title, Coleman Hawkins. So right now, I still have him great as a 56 through 60 draft pick. Really interesting guy. That's was a interesting watch and uh yeah let's go ahead and kick it to michigan so we have olivier nakamaru so he's six foot nine from michigan he's a senior as well averaging 14.8 points per game 71.1 rebounds 2.7 assists 51 percent field goal percentage and 33 percent three point percentage and 67 percent free throw percentage so you know uh, olivia nakamaru is somebody that's got a really good athlete really strong build big strong human being you know defensively that all those athletic gifts do translate extremely well to him being a very good defender on ball switchability all those type of things olivia nakamura does all those things very well i will say that he still showed some flashes of his handle his ability to shot right off that handle it was really interesting i still feel like i haven't graded as a late first but he could move down the draft board more because I feel like the last time we broke him down, he was like 36, 37% three-point percentage. And if this three-point percentage keeps on going in a negative direction, then Olivia Nakamura moves into the second round of my draft, my draft and big board and things of that nature. So yeah. All right, let's go ahead and kick it to that next game, which is Baylor versus Oklahoma. So let's go ahead and break down Baylor first. And Baylor has Jacoby Walter. Jacoby Walter is six foot five, averages fourteen point five points per game, one point seven assists, one point two steals. They have thirty eight percent three point percentage field goal percentage, eighty five percent free throw percentage, thirty two point nine percent three point percentage. So you know Jacoby Walter shooting splits are shooting splits are still plummeting. It's extremely poor. Um, you know in that game, you know he still showed some flashes of some shot creation, some pull up mid-range shots the obvious off-ball movement that he's always known for he's really good at it he really moves so well off-ball standstill shooting he definitely could do that very well still um, Jacoby Walter does all those things very very well and you know but when the, the issue is the field goal percentage is really poor again I remember reading off that list last week where 40 percent field goal percentage is a real cutoff line for two guards from success to starting level guys and you know more risky draft picks and 38 percent is terrible right now i still have him graded as the ninth guy on my big board 10 through 12 draft pick but that's because the stats haven't stabilized yet i am waiting until the end of the season to make the final look at it but hey man we're at 25 games played and we're gonna there's 30 games at a college basketball season before they do the end conference stuff right and then but those stats that we use is regular season stats so after five games i will move him down dramatically if this field goal percentage is not does not improve he will not be in my lottery you he will be like 18 through 20 at best could be worse yeah because that field goal percentage is terrible absolutely terrible and there's no other way to put it okay let's go ahead and kick it to the next guy Jalen bridges six foot nine he's averaging 10 points per game 4.7 rebounds 40 percent field goal percentage 39 percent three-point percentage and 85 percent free throw percentage so yeah this guy's still a good good athlete very good on ball defender really long 
really solid standstill shooter, shows flashes of driving to the rim, still has a pretty solid handle. He is still, for me, a really solid 3 and D guy. I still have him as a first-round grade as like 25 through 28 grade right now. I still view him as a late first-round draft pick. I view him as an elite role player at this moment in time. So yeah, Jalen Bridges is staying where he's at. Next man up is Yavis Messi. Yavis Messi is 6'11 center from Baylor. He's averaging 11.1 points per game, 5.6 rebounds, 1.6 blocks, 64% field goal percentage. 57% free throw percentage, 0% three-point percentage. So, you know, this guy's still a really good defender in the at the rim, very elite shot blocker. He's very good rebounder. He's very good defensively being switchable and being really elite in the pick and roll guarding guards and the big. Yavis Messi's an elite defensive guy. And, you know, he's still a good lob threat, still a good screener. But, whoa, Yavis Messi has added something that has completely shattered his offensive ceiling and he did it three times this game and what he did was take the center for Oklahoma off the dribble and finish at the rim with like a layup it was the hottest thing I've ever seen I thought I was living in an alternate dimension I mean I know some guy has developed some unique uh skills as the year goes on but whoa Whoa, 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 whoa. Where did this come from? Where? I, I've never seen Yavis Messi do it. But uh, taking a center off the dribble like that from the- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Three-point line and driven all the way at the rim and finishing has really opened up his offensive potential because, look, man, when he's 6'11", all that strength, all that length, all those athletic gifts, and you put a handle on that, and then you say, hey, man, guard that coming at you full speed at the rim? Oh, yeah, there'll be issues. (laughs) He will cause issues at the next level. And somebody that has, you know, shown this transition is Jalen Durant. Jalen Durant added a handle, and he's taken a huge jump for the Detroit Pistons. So, you know, that's how translatable it is. So Yavis Messi has jumped from a solid lottery pick graded, you know, 12 through 14 that I really felt like he was a definite lottery pick to 8 through 10 draft pick. Number seven on my big board. You know, such an interesting wrinkle that we're seeing with this handle that has to be respected. It's really interesting. It looks really smooth. And 
Yavis Messi. You know, congratulations on he he's honestly at this moment in time he's a better he's the best draft pick on Baylor because Jacoby Walter shooting splits has plummeted. All right, nobody would have thought we would be saying at any point in time throughout this year. Alrighty. Let's go ahead and kick it to the only guy from Oklahoma that I've used as a draft prospect, Jalen Moore. Six foot seven, averaging ten points per game, six point one rebounds, fifty-five percent field goal percentage off of forty-three percent three-point percentage. You know, this guy again is so strong, stro athletic, twitchy, super fluid. You know, he he is somebody that is really solid standstill shooter, so some flashes of the handle getting to the rim. In this game, Baylor's playing a 1-3-1 zone basically all throughout the game. So you didn't really get to see him, you know, try to take somebody off the dribble and see what he could do and see if there's anything more than what I've seen before from him. So he basically has stayed the exact same as what I had him on. I still have him as a first-round draft pick. I still have him great as an 18th through 20 draft pick. He reminds me a lot still of OG Ananubi. And it's a lot of intrigue there with Jalen Moore. All right, let's go ahead and break down that next game, which is going to be Colorado versus UCLA. So Colorado has Cody Williams, six foot eight. He's he is a very good player. Let's see here. He is averaging fourteen point two points per game, one point eight assists, fifty nine percent field goal percentage, seventy percent free throw percentage, and forty seven percent three point percentage. So yeah, Cody Williams in this game had. Another game where he is so good driving to the rim, really elite at it, really long moving span, has a really good handle. I still feel like he's a point forward level passer, makes really good passes. You know, in the pick and roll, he looked really good today. You know, he's a really great standstill three-point shooter. He's not like a volume three-point shooter, but it's really good standstill. He didn't really flash the floater today, but I've seen it enough through past games that you can add that into the breakdown of Cody Williams. And in this game, he was really efficient, played really good defense, and, you know, got to the rim like usual. He's just a very good rim attacker, a ideal analytical 3-and-D guy, and Cody Williams is really solid. And I still have him graded as the number fourth pick in this draft, and I have him as great as a sixth through eighth draft pick. All right, let's go ahead and kick it to Tristan Da Silva. Tristan Da Silva is average six foot nine from Colorado, averaging fifteen point six points per game, five point four rebounds, two point four assists, forty seven percent field goal percentage, eighty two percent free throw percentage, and thirty seven percent three point percentage. So you know Tristan Da Silva is a really great you know off ball mover. He's really good standstill three point shooter. Definitely somebody that can you know handle and get to the rim and things of that nature. He's a thinner guy. I call him an average athlete, average defender. He's still really solid standstill three and D shooter. I still have him graded as a thirty one through thirty five draft pick. I feel like he's a really elite second round draft pick. Tristan Da Silva. All right, let's go ahead and kick it to Adam. Bona. Adam Bona is playing for UCLA. Six foot ten. He's averaging twelve point three points per game, six rebounds, one point two assists, fifty-eight percent field goal percentage, zero percent three point percentage. So you know Adam Bona is somebody that's you know really athletic. He defends at the rim really well. But his six foot ten frame with a little bit smaller frame, like not being super strong, is an issue. You know, extremely switchable. Personally, I feel like he reminds me a lot of Bismack Biombo, uh, undersized center that's athletic, but their undersizedness really is an issue that prevents them from ever really being a starter. So I have him great as a 31 through 35 draft pick. I definitely feel like he could be 
a backup center, just like Kismak Biombo as well. And Andy Mara in that game as well doesn't look like an NBA prospect at all. His 44% field goal percentage for somebody that's seven foot three honestly puts him at the point where he's not an NBA draft pick in my mind at this moment in time. All right, let's go ahead and kick it to the last game to break down. That's UConn versus Marquette. So Stefan Castleman, six foot five, point guard, really good passer. He plays two guard for them, but he's a really good passer. Averages ten points per game, four point four rebounds, three point two assists, one steal. 48% field goal percentage, 70% free throw percentage, and 32% three-point percentage. So, Stefan Castle is a really solid passer, really great on-ball defender. Dude's special Lonzo ball-ish is a good way to put his defensive capabilities. He is definitely somebody that flashes the ability to get to the rim, even though he doesn't do it very consistently, and he didn't really do it much in this game. And I definitely feel like the 32% three-point percentage is a huge improvement. He used to be around 25-26%. He's definitely hit his stride three-point shooting-wise. It has increased his draft stock because of it. I still have him graded as the 18th or 20 draft prospect. I wish I would see more things that aren't good passing and flashes of driving to the rim. I mean, his mid-range shot looks broken. He shot one mid-range shot and threw it off the backboard. I mean, it is that bad. <laughs> his mid-range shot looks terrible. So I'm I'm curious about what other skill he does have and his ability to get to the rim consistently, how well he's in the pick and roll because Tristan Newton is their main pick and roll operator. So you don't really get to see a lot of clips with Stefan Castle in that pick and roll. So right now I still have him great as 18 through 20 draft back. Let's go ahead and click it to Donovan Klingon. Seven foot two from UConn, averaging twelve points per game, six point five rebounds, one point five assists, two point two blocks, six sixty four percent field goal percentage, which is insanely high, fifty five percent free throw percentage, and twenty percent three point percentage. So when it comes to Klingon man, defensively he's still a superstar. Defensively, uh, defending the rim, he is extremely elite. His ability in the pick and roll, guarding guards, is extremely good. He guards better in the perimeter than you would expect. He's an average NBA athlete, the best way to put it. But, you know, he's so great. But intelligence-wise, defensively, you can definitely see it on the display. He doesn't foul very easily. He is an elite rim defender that I still feel very easy to comp to Roy Hibbert because he's two and was an elite defender during his time frame. And Donovan Klingon, for me, still is graded as a number 10th guy on my big board and right now i have him as a 10 through 12 draft pick grade definitely feel like he's worthy of that all right let's go ahead and kick it to marquette marquette has tyler kokek six foot three point guard averaging 15.7 points per game 4.9 rebounds 7.2 assists 1.7 blocks 48% field goal percentage, 38% free throw percentage, and 40% three-point percentage. Kokek can really hit a standstill three-point shot. An elite passer, below average at best, NBA athlete. Um, his height is going to help him in that way, though. Definitely somebody that flashes the ability to get to the rim and finish, but height does give him issues. And when Stefan Castle was guarding him, who is very much like the kind of guy he'll face in the NBA, he did give Kokek a lot of issues. It wasn't a good look for him, honestly. I'm being very blunt. He looks like he had issues with the length and athletic gifts of Stefan Castle offensively. So I still have him graded in the second round, and my grade of him still is a 36 through 40 draft pick. I have him 43 on the big board. He's an interesting guy, but I I do feel like 
his game's not going to really translate to the NBA, in my personal opinion. So I am grading their second round because there's some intrigue, but I'm not really high on him. Alrighty, let's go ahead and kick it to the last guy to break down, Oso Igabaro. And I'm going to be very, very straightforward with you guys before we even talk about him in depth. I was amazed. All right. Now that we got that little intro there, trust me, I I didn't see this coming either. All right. <laughs> Oso Igabaro, six foot ten. He plays center for Marquette. He's listed as six foot eleven, but there is no universe that he is six foot eleven. Uh, six foot ten, fourteen point two points per game, seven point three rebounds, two point eight assists, one point one block. 1 point my 1 by 2 blocks a game 61% field goal percentage 63% free throw percentage and 0% three point percentage so oso igabaro is a great mix of strength and athletic gifts the man can defend so well Def- he is super switchable he is a defensive gr- a, a truly great defender he can be a good shot blocker at the rim he he's somebody that is so good on guards one through five and i personally feel like defensively his perfect position is power forward i don't feel like he is tall enough to play center but he'd be a really elite defensively minded power forward in the nba and the reason why i had that great athlete that defends so well does all the things so well as an undrafted guy is the man's a zero percent three-point shooter i just didn't really see the intrigue for him well in this game man he made some passes he made some really really great passes also igabaro igogodaro can pass the basketball passing the shooters on the three-point line passing the cutters being able to be an initiator of offense and they got all these moving people everybody cutting things of that nature dude can make passes dude can be an initiator dude can handle the ball and bring the ball up the floor obviously he's a good post player most guys that are elite in the college ranks are good post players he's a good post player he's got a really odd floater from like eight to ten feet that he makes a lot he has a pretty solid handle and the intrigue is when you put the handle together with the passing ability you can get some interesting stuff and the reason why it's interesting is there is a guy that is probably going to be in the hall of fame that has a lot of similar traits and it's draymond green Draymond Green, let's start defensively. Draymond Green is one of the greatest bas- defensive basketball players to ever touch the NBA. I don't think Oso will be that great, but he will be very, very good. I would say Al Horford. I could definitely see Al Horford defensively. That's how special Oso is defensively. He can defend like his life depends on it. I mean, Oso Igabaro can defend. All right. So, you know, he can really defend, but where I make the dream on Green Comp is the passing. I mean, I view it as Draymond Green level. Now, that, that, that is something that is crazy to say but it's not when you watch him play i mean he's a big reason marquette does not a top 10 10 team in college basketball without Oso and what he does passing wise it's it's really special it's highly elite and you get into the point in time where draymond green can also post right now he's not gonna score a ton of to get points in the post but draymond green can beat you in the post if you're thinking too much about him passing when he posts up they got all the off-ball movement in the golden state warrior system and, you know, I definitely feel like he could do that as well. If you put, if somebody gets switched onto him and he's a smaller guard, Oso can definitely post and get some easy shots for your team as well. But what's really interesting is fit 
really, really uh, is going to determine the grade here. Because, for example, a perfect fit would be Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City has Chet Holmgren, can shoot the three. I believe Oklahoma City wants to have like a guy that can pass well at every height, length, and position. And he would be perfect for them because he could be a point four, six ten, give them the length that they need, right? And on that team and for that team, a non-shooter doesn't matter as much when you have Chet Holmgren shooting, right? There's a lot of teams like that out there that have shooters at the center position where his lack of shooting won't matter as much, especially if it's a perfect scheme fit and they really need a role player like him. Another team that jumps off the paper the the you know the page on something that he'd fit with Chicago Bulls. Chicago Bulls have Nikola Vucevic. They desperately need defensive presence. They desperately need like a playmaker. It's hard to find it at the power forward position. Somebody that's going to think about others, right? And they have four shooters if they drafted Ozo. For those kind of teams, I think he's a 14th or 18 draft pick because you can't find that level of passer at 6'10 with those defensive gifts and those post gifts and the handling ability every day. And Draymond Green's had one heck of a career, right? But it's scheme fit, right? Because if he got drafted by the Minnesota Timberwolves and they need their power forward to score like Cat offensively focused, well, then he's a 35, 31 through 35 draft pick. Great. It's the only player you will see on my big board, which I haven't 100% discerned where he's going to be yet, where it's going to say 14 through 18 or 31 through 35 big board draft grade based on system fit. It's he's he's the only guy in the draft that's like that. But Chicago Bulls would be a good fit for him. Indiana with Miles Turner would be a good fit for him. Denver Nuggets with Nikola Jokic would be a good fit for him. Golden State Warriors, all their off-ball movement would be a great fit for him. Miami would be an interesting feat because of all the movement and passing. You know, Phoenix with all their elite shooting when you put Kevin Durant and Devin Booker on the floor, you can get a lot of Dallas Mavericks would be really interesting with their team. San Antonio Spurs, dear goodness, would he look good in a Spurs jersey with all their movement. Sacramento Kings would be really interesting as like a secondary the bench playmaker for DeMontis Sabonis. Not a fit in Portland because of DeAndre in the post. Not a fit in Cleveland because of Evan Mobley and uh, Jared Allen. Not a, he, He'd fit in Boston because they have Kristaps Porzingis. Not a fit in Washington because they don't really have you know a ton of elite spacing the center position. Not a fit for Utah. Not a fit for Toronto. He'd fit in Houston as like a backup Sangoon offensively. Wouldn't fit in Atlanta. Wouldn't fit. He would fit in Milwaukee. Dear goodness, would he be a great backup to Giannis? Detroit, he wouldn't fit because a sore Thompson can't shoot long term. So they already have like a non shooter on the floor. Charlotte Bobcats, he wouldn't fit because him and Mark Williams, no shooters. Knicks, he would not fit. Pelicans, he would not fit. Memphis Grizzlies would be really interesting because Gigi Jackson, I mean, not Gigi Jackson, Jaron Jackson Jr. is a center who can shoot a three. The Lakers would be interesting because AD can shoot a mid-range shot. Clippers, he wouldn't fit. 76ers, he'd fit, right? And Orlando Magic, he'd also fit, right? Because there's more three-point shooting centers than you really realize, right? So it's not as a big of a deal with everything else he does elitely right and a lot of these teams could really use that perfect role player fit 
and he can really be an extremely elite role player, right? But if Draymond Green, for example, would have gotten drafted to a team in that time frame where he wouldn't have been in a, like a movement-based offense where his passing wasn't have been utilized and they wouldn't need him to score. Like, let's say if he got drafted by the New York Knicks during that time frame and he had to play with Carmelo Anthony, be Carmelo Anthony's backup. They'd be like, who is this guy? Why did we draft him? And how does he fit, right? Because he's not fitting with this team, right? And Oso is exactly like that. He is 100% like that. But the teams that could really use him, man, would I view him highly. Uh, it's just, he, he's so elite at so many things that you just can't find every day. And I don't throw around the Draymond Green comparison very normally. And it's not a comparison that I've thrown out the last four years of doing this draft breakdowns. But Yoso Igabaro is the closest thing I've ever seen to him. And I feel like he has the real ability to be an extremely, I cannot understate this, extremely elite role player in the right system. And there's a lot more than you would think out there. All right. That's going to be the end of what nobody saw coming. A really great breakdown for Osa Gabaro. Congratulations. <laughs> I hope that was enjoyable. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and uh, break down what we got going down for next week. Next week, I got a really lot of good games. I'm really excited that Isaiah Collier is back playing basketball. So we get to watch him play against Colorado. So it's UCLA versus Colorado. Isaiah Collier, Bronny James, Cody Williams, Tristan Da Silva. Oh, man, I can't wait to watch that I got Kansas versus Iowa State we got Johnny for if the Kevin McCuller was healthy in that game Hunter Dickinson was played and Milan Malavakishvich oh man that's a tough name He's a guy that could be an NBA draft prospect. I'm really intrigued to watch him play. So that's another game that I'm breaking down. Also, UConn versus Providence. It's Stefan Castle again. Donovan Klingon again. Those guys can be broken down in that game. And also, Devin Carter. He's uh, really blowing up in mock drafts, even the first round of mock drafts. So I definitely want to scout him. Really exciting. And I'm capping off such a great week of games with uh actually i think that'll be the fourth game so i'm gonna have to add another game on top of this upcoming game that i'm gonna break tell you for next week which is duke miami so it got tyrese proctor califilipowski wilga popular matthew cleveland and Keyshawn george kai sean george really interesting game i cannot wait to break that down for you guys there will be another game added in for that week um i'll find another game but man it's going to be an exciting week. It's an exciting time frame. You know, college basketball is getting close to March Madness. You know, I'll probably do some sort of special podcast. It's not the normal podcast and make my own bracket and see how poorly I do, just like everybody else. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, guys, this is going to be the end of the podcast. Again, like always, I do have that website that's linked on every podcast and links on my social media sites where I break. I have big boards and mock drafts on that website. They're all really elite. I put a lot of time and energy into bringing you guys really good content there. And yeah, I really appreciate everybody that listens to this podcast. I really appreciate everybody that likes the TikToks, the websites and things of that nature, everything. You know, I, it's so much fun doing this podcast. I really love what I do. It's just so much fun breaking down this guys. I would do it in my free time, even if I didn't have a podcast. So yeah, it's been really fun. I really appreciate it. And everybody have a great week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic, ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget. 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 